This is Growth Decoded to Go, a podcast from a show that helps you grow your business by figuring out the customer experience, one piece at a time. We do this to share our findings with you, wherever you are. Because this podcast is only the audio portion of the show, there might be some references to visuals. But don't fret, because we've included links to the video version of the show in the podcast description. All right, let's get into it. Hello, Internet. Welcome back to Growth Decoded, a show that's all about helping you improve your customer's experience, however and whenever they do business with your business. I'm your host, Ernie Santarelli, and thank you for tuning in to today's investigation of workflow and process automation. Workflow automation, process automation, it sounds good, right? It also sounds like something that came out of a buzzword phrase generator. But it's more than just a few words that you can string together in an email to make something sound more important than it is. It's real, it's helpful, and it can make a big difference for you, for your customers, and for your business. So let's dive into this thing. First of all, what are we talking about? What is workflow or process automation? Workflow automation is the process of using automation software or tools to replace manual tasks in business and customer operations. Workflow automation automates multi-step processes that otherwise require manual actions and take up your time. Now, throughout Growth Decoded, we've talked about a few different types of automation, right? We've talked about marketing automation, sales automation, email automation, customer experience automation. All of those types of automation deal with external communication using automation to create and send messages to your customers or potential customers. Now, these forms of automation take in information from different sources, anywhere that you can learn anything about your contacts, right? And then we use this type of automation to send out messages using those pieces of information. Those types of automations are all about moving a contact through the customer journey. They are more focused on the external contact or the customer. Now, workflow and process automation is more focused on you and making your life easier. Workflow or process automation deals with the back end, with the internal, the automations that don't involve sending messages to your contacts, but involve all the stuff that might have to happen in between those messages to ensure that when you do send a message to them, that message is relevant, important, accurate, and expected. Workflow automation deals with multi-step processes and getting your business information in the right places at the right time and in front of the right people so that whatever has to happen next in the process happens. It's automating your operations. It's the creation of a new support ticket, then adding that ticket to your queue and then notifying you via email or Slack or a text message that says, hey, you've got a new support ticket in the queue. It's the automated alert email that your prospect just signed the contract and the subsequent updating of your monthly sales totals once you validate that deal. At its core, automation is taking data from one place and putting it in another place so the next logical step or thing can happen, the thing that depends on that specific piece of information. It's taking an output from one step and using it as an input for the next step. Now, we actually have someone who does this quite a lot for the marketing team at ActiveCampaign, and she's our featured guest for today. Now, I asked our featured guest what her preferred introduction would be, and she came back with, smart person who isn't afraid to push send on big emails and make changes in automations. So, today's featured guest is a smart person who isn't afraid to push send on big emails and make changes in automations. Let's meet her. All right, yes, and I am joined now by Colleen Bow, the email marketing manager at ActiveCampaign, team member of mine, fellow member of the marketing department. Colleen, welcome to Growth Decoded. 
Thank you, Ernie. I'm really happy to be here. I am very happy to have you here. Um, it is it is high time that you've been on the show. Today's topic is workflow or process automation. And Colleen, you are responsible for countless, I want to say, automations, building I, them, setting they, them up. Yeah, they, they can be counted. They can be literally counted, but <laughs> there are there are many of them. Yes, there are many. So you're you're like the perfect person to be talking to for this episode. And uh, one place that I would like to start is how do we determine what to automate? Because, you know, like email automation, like marketing automation, there's so many possibilities. There are so many things that you can do. It can seem overwhelming. So it's like, how do you get started? How do you figure out what to do first? Um, well, you know, if I was, if I could go back in a little time machine and start our active campaign account totally from scratch, um, I would really look at what is the end goal for someone who comes into your account where do you want them to be when they reach the end of their journey? And um, you kind of work backwards from there and fill in all of the major pieces. So where you really want to get, it should inform what are those benchmarks along the way. And you can fill in those big pieces and then go in and, you know, fill out the finer details and have processes within processes, where, which is where, you know, as you grow and you get bigger and there are more people involved, you start having, uh, you know, side adventures and really targeted content and special initiatives, promos, things like that. So um, if I was just getting started as a brand new business owner, as a new marketing manager, I would look at, you know, what is the end game? What are the big pieces and how can I start, you know, building out that structure and then testing within that and seeing what's working and what people are responding to and what's resonating and getting people to where you want them to be. Okay, so start with your goal and work backwards. Take a look at your role, your responsibilities. Think about the repeatable tasks that you complete. Now, what, what are you looking for here? Well, when you look for information in your day-to-day -day job responsibilities, how often are you switching between data sources? Chances are your business information lives in several different places. You've got your customer relationship manager or your CRM, right? You've got maybe an internal wiki, uh, billing software. You've got Google Sheets, Google Docs, or Excel, wh whatever you're using. You might have customer service and support software. You've got an email inbox. You might have a physical notepad, your Google Drive, your business intelligence software, Th the list goes on. Okay, so once you find the information you need, how many other people or teams have to get involved before you can act on that information for your role? How many other steps have to happen before your tasks are done? How many of those steps are simply take this information from over here and put it over there. Uh, let's look at an example of this. Let's say you have a customer who wants to change their, their billing process from a month-to-month -month cycle to an annual model. Now, this single billing change might include locating and gathering customer information from multiple sources, locating and gathering customer billing history, distilling that information into an easy-to-read format, sending that data to another team member for approval, waiting for that team member to approve the information, sending that approval to a manager, waiting for the manager's approval, completing the billing change for the customer, then waiting for the system to reflect the change in the billing software, and then finally communicating to the customer that the billing has changed. What if you could remove all the manual activity from processes like that? Or at least some of it. What if there was a more uh, centralized location for your internal processes? Let's hear it from Colleen. I have the job that I think a lot of our customers have where I'm kind of in my head. I have to manage 
you know, from a higher level, what are these automations that are running? What are the contacts doing? But then when you start getting into individual updates, individual execution, and you have, whether it's just you trying to keep track of things, or if you have a team of people, you need some central place to keep track of information. So that could be something like Asana. um, And then really easily being able to take that content or that request in one dedicated place where you can communicate and then translating that into, okay, this is what this automation build is going to look like. This is what this workflow is going to look like. Um, so being able to work across teams like that and having that flexibility and having one centralized location where everybody can see what's going on, the same way that everybody can see what's happening with automations and active campaign or see what campaigns are going out and being able to really easily look at reporting, we can do that internally with something like Asana. So having a central location means you're spending less time looking for information and you have more time to spend on other work. You'll likely improve your focus because you can spend longer periods of time thinking about a specific thing rather than breaking your focus every 15 to 20 minutes to check all those different sources to see if the approval had gone through or if the email had been sent back or if you had to fix an error somewhere. Oh yeah, errors. After all, we're only human. To err is to be human, or something like that. And that's one of the biggest benefits to using automation, removing the potential for human error. You might add too many zeros, or maybe you added too few. Maybe you misspelled a name or a phone number, or you didn't press send, or you pressed send without a subject line or a greeting, or even worse, you let something fall through the cracks because let's face it, life happens. So you'd free up some time, you'd remove some distractions, and you'd remove human error. That all sounds pretty good. Now, like email or marketing automation, there are countless processes that you could automate. They all depend on your business. You know, look at your processes. What takes more time than it should? What's repeatable? What things have to happen? What instances are there of data that comes from over here, then has to go over there? These, and so many other factors, should be taken into consideration, and it's likely that they're going to be unique to your business. So instead of talking about what specific things to automate, we'll get to that, let's talk about how to identify the processes to automate, how to map the automation, and then what tools you can use to automate those processes. First, how do you figure out which processes or workflows to automate? Okay. So to prioritize which processes to automate, you can start by asking your coworkers and your teammates. A workflow's end users are in the best position to identify the manual, inefficient processes that eat up their time. This is the stuff that frustrates them, the stuff that takes forever, the stuff that they do while muttering, I don't understand why we have to do it this way, it makes no sense. If you don't have any employees, ask yourself. Talking it out is important. Let's hear from Colleen. You can kind of give people options to tell you what they like and then letting the data guide that. So, I mean, just really simply, if you have two subject lines and one is really performing better than the other, that's cut and dry. That helps you make a decision. But sometimes there are multiple stakeholders. There are multiple people who have, you know, previous experiences saying, well, I think this is going to perform better. The data allows you to say like, this was a great idea, but it's not really panning out that way. What good things can we take from that and apply it to this situation to make sure that we're making the good choices? Now, it it takes time to save time and automating workflows takes time. So you want to make sure that the workflows that you do decide to automate will help as many people as possible. So encourage your coworkers, the end users, your, your 
employees to share their ideas with others, with their teammates, with managers, with someone. If the idea makes sense, more people can advocate for the idea in order to get buy-in from executives and managers in the organization, right? Run it up the flagpole. Now, another strategy to identify which processes to automate is to take a look at volume. How prevalent is this particular process? How frequently does it occur? Not only are high volume processes going to be the biggest sources of time that you can save, but with a higher volume comes a higher potential for making mistakes. So think about this in a couple of different ways. Again, what's the frequency? How often is this occurring? Second, how time intensive is the process? Now this process might only occur once per customer, but if it's taking hours or days to complete, then automating that process is, uh, I'm sorry, automating that process or some pieces within it, that might be worth it. Now, depending on the volume of customers, of course. It might also take only a few minutes, but again, depending on the frequency, those minutes quickly turn into hours, into days, into weeks. Now, Colleen mentioned one additional type of volume to look at when deciding what to automate. So let's take a listen to that. So when you're thinking about like what processes on the back end, uh, like the things that the workflows that you're kind of talking about, bringing Asana into it, like what are the things, how did you prioritize what to do first? Um, like with that intake form or, or were there certain processes that you were like, we should probably do this before we do anything else? Or how did you kind of arrive at that? Um, I, the most important one really were, were for one-off campaigns where we're not building out like an evergreen automation where it's just always going to be on. We do send a lot of standalone campaigns. Within that, the segmentation is automated. So I can just say I want to send to customers in North America who've had an account for six months and are the account owner. I can do things like that. Um, but because those one-off campaigns are seen by such a large number of people. And because there are so many people involved with building those, we really wanted to make sure we had a good process in place for, this is the agreed upon subject line, segment, pre, like every little detail so that we could just pick it up and very easily execute. Mm. And then um, anything that involves like a new workflow. So um, I remember a couple of years ago, oh, it was, more than that when we did like our very first like partner webinar we had no process for it so it was just like running around like we're excited everybody's excited there's a lot of excitement but like nobody knows who's doing what who owns this piece of it who is actually going to like build out the integration with the webinar platform so whenever there are a lot of people involved and there's a lot of excitement <laughs> you're going to want to figure out a way that um, you could have the structure in place so that you can do it again in the future while still having the flexibility of making changes and iterating. I, I love that like thing to look for, like the excitement level in a lot of people. <laughs> I, I've talked a lot um, so far in this episode about look for places where there's high volume. So mm -hmm. whether it's high volume of people or, or a task, a process that it, you're doing repeatedly or a high volume of, like you mentioned with the campaigns, if they're going to be seen by a lot of people, a yeah, high volume sure. of people, a high volume of time, and then a high volume of excitement, I think is yeah. something to add there. That is a, that's a really great insight there. So what's the volume of the process? How much time? How many times does it have to get done? How many people are impacted? How many people are involved? How much time, effort, back and forth can you eliminate? Do the arithmetic here. Let the numbers help you prioritize. And finally, uh, one final way to find a process to automate, what do you hate doing? Now, is this strategy more emotional than logical? You bet it is. Is it pragmatic? No, not really. But you know what? It's your business. It's your time and it's your life. 
So if you hate doing something, why not take some steps to do less of it? Let the robots do it for you. All right, once you've found a process that you want to automate, how do you automate it? The first step is mapping out every step of the process. You have to know exactly what needs to happen from start to finish in order to start automating steps. You must become the, the process whisperer. So ask yourself three questions. First, what's the most efficient way to complete this process? To answer that question, start with the end result and work backwards. I'm a big fan of using pen and paper because it works and it eliminates the distractions of being on the computer. Second question to ask, how long does the process take? Now's not the time for wishful thinking or theoretical time costs. This isn't best case scenario, right? Think about the process at present. How long does it actually take you? Be honest. It's probably going to be a range and that's fine. And then the third question to ask is if it's too long or if it's too difficult to automate the entire process from start to finish, are there middle steps that you can automate? Are there segments of the process that you can automate? The ultimate goal is to have your processes centralized, but the immediate goal is incremental improvement. I'm sorry, I'm gonna say that one more time. The ultimate goal is to have your processes centralized, but the immediate goal of workflow automation is incremental improvement. Remember, Rome wasn't built in a day, and neither was your business. Process automation is, in itself, a process, and that process will get easier and more automated over time as you practice. You don't have to have the entire automation strategy planned out to the most minute detail, but you can only automate an individual process or workflow once you know exactly how it works right now. Let's hear from Colleen. You don't have to have a, a bulletproof concrete plan for everything with like multiple workflows and docs and everything else, but I do think it pays off later to really have a sketched out idea of how you want things to work so that before you go implementing and you start building on integrations and everything else that you're doing, you know what the goal is, you've got the pieces in place, and then just maybe uh, talk to someone. And it doesn't have to be, it could just be your dog. Just be like, this is what my plan is. And just saying it out loud and like working through it. Um, working internally within the email team and also working on the support team, having that, that process of describing something helps you see where, oh, I need to account for that. I need to make sure that we do this. And that is especially true in building out automations because um, they are so powerful that you can, you know, in the process of describing what you want to do, you'd be like, oh, and then I can do this and, you know, route them this way, that way. So, um, you know, you don't need to build things from scratch, ask for help before you, you know, you're about to cry and um, also have um, a plan before you just start, before you just throw yourself into the deep end of automation, make sure you have some kind of plan. Yeah. Process before software is a, is a big, is a big one. Um, I'm a big fan of the pen and paper. So it's yeah. kind of just like flow chart it out. 
Um, and I, you know, I say that, but I'm one, I'm probably more likely myself to just go in and start building things. Cause that's how I learn, right. I get in there and I start getting my hands on things like, Oh, this is how this works. Um, but if I was rebuilding our email marketing program from scratch, I, I would slow down a little bit <laughs> and I would, I would maybe, um, think about things a little bit more, um, strategically than how I usually do things, which is just, let's start building an email and see what happens. <laughs> so that's been a learning process for me of, you know, having a goal and metrics and testing and doing all of these things. Um, that's kind of new for me too. So talk to your dog or use a pen and paper or use a flowchart tool like Lucidchart to map out existing processes. Someone once told me, if you can flowchart something, you can make it happen. And it's true. Once you've mapped the process out with a flowchart or talked it out with someone, and you're sure you know how it works, then talk to everyone involved in the current process. Process automation is an internal campaign. And for internal campaigns to be successful, sometimes they can use a bit of internal marketing. So let the people involved know what you're thinking. Get them excited. Talk to them about how you want to help them, how you want to automate this process and save them time. Ask the end users how the process would work in their ideal situation. And then you can start to create that situation through automation and provide them with some options. Now finally, you start to build this stuff out. Your flowchart is going to give you the blueprints. And there are a few tools in which you can use to start to build the automation. ActiveCampaign, for one, is a powerful process automation tool. It's not just for sending emails and being your CRM. Using the ActiveCampaign Automation Builder, you can automate so many different operations. You can notify team members, update records, request information, assign tasks, you can perform math, and more. And not only that, but using the integrations with your other tools, you can take advantage of the information you have over there. You can notify, alert, update, request, and assign across those different tools as well. Because integrations bridge the gap between two tools that previously didn't talk to each other. They're like software translators that help your tools have the conversations that you need them to have. And one of the wonderful and amazing things about today's world is the ease in which you can integrate two or more software tools together. Now this used to be expensive and time intensive and complicated or downright impossible, or you had to be an engineer. Now you can do it in seconds. Literally anyone can. And, and if your software tools don't talk to each other in the way that you want them to fresh out of the box, then you can take a look at third-party integration tools like Zapier or PySync. Now, these tools give you even more capabilities for your software tools to work together. Then, you've got project management tools, things like Asana or like Monday. There's internal communication tools like Slack or Teams. There's email. Workflow automation is likely going to connect a few of these tools together to get the necessary information from the right place to the right place so that the thing can get done automatically. So how do you do it? What does this look like? Let's take a look at some workflow automation recipes in ActiveCampaign. We'll start small. So when someone books a call to learn more about your business, how do you make sure that the person who needs to know about that, which is usually sales, how do you make sure that they know? How do you get the information that they need for that call in front of them before the call? It's usually in a different tool, right? So your scheduling software isn't always your email inbox, so let's automate this. Okay. Boom. Someone schedules a call. In this case, we're looking at Calendly. 
And then through an integration, Active Campaign would then add a tag and then remove the tag. And this is a, a bit of automation wizardry in case they book another call in the future. And then it sends a notification to the sales email address of your choosing. Now, what does this email say? Well, what does it need to say? It's probably going to say who scheduled the call, what they want to talk about, and when. It's probably going to pull information from that form that they used to schedule the call and, and bring that into the email. Now, this is just one piece of the process. Remember, incremental improvement. So what if it's not a call that you want to automate? What if it's an event or a webinar like this one? Let's hear it from Colleen. I come from our uh, active campaign support team. So it was kind of a, um, I got to learn how to use this real quick <laughs> so that I could guide our users on it. Mm -hmm. um, so having that exposure of um, just how to, A, how does it work? Because every platform is a little bit different. But um, there's, I think sometimes there's this temptation to overcomplicate when really sometimes all you need is the person's email address and then you can kind of maybe filter in some other fields. But I think that there are ways always to get started with just what you need and then growing from there and adding things on and layering things in. So um, a good example of that would be if you had a, an event integration and you wanted to know when people, if people attended, you could just add a tag if you wanted to. You could just say this contact attended and they had a tag. Or you could, if you wanted to, pull that into a deal and then have all of that information populate into a deal, send that over to a salesperson and allow them to work that deal. So I, I, especially at the beginning of a year, we're all stressed out. Just take it easy. Start, you know, where you're comfortable, noodle around things, you know, see what works. And then you can always add on and build from there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the, the ultimate goal of automation is like centralized processes, but the immediate goal is incremental improvement, right? right. It's just, and just solving the obvious issues first and right. or solving for, um, what is using up a lot of time because I'm doing it manually? Where can I start chiseling away at that? And that frees up time and opportunities to look at, this is performing really well. How can I expand on it? I have more time now to really dig into that. So mm -hmm. just thinking of it from the active campaign perspective of being the email marketing manager for active campaign, um, having everything automated in a way where I'm like, those are running. I don't need to babysit them. I know what's happening. Um, that allows me to do things like A-B test images and flow to see which ones perform better to make those incremental improvements and also to gain that knowledge of what our particular audience responds to. So the more you can automate, the more that frees, frees up your time so that you can have that human touch of maybe you know, responding to emails and all that. But the other human touch there is making creative decisions or um, seeing where things are performing well and interpreting the data. Okay, so you can take it further. You can add a contact to a specific pipeline in the active campaign deal CRM as a deal or as an opportunity. An opportunity that's only for people who book calls. You could change the sales team notification email to only send once that deal is created and then link out to that deal. You could use the information from Demio or from Calendly to populate the deal update the contact's profile, and then maybe even tag the contact based on the event that they attended or the information that they submitted when they scheduled the call. 
You can then automate a task to be created that the sales rep must mark complete, and this is usually something like call or follow-up email. Well then what? How about automating tasks for the rest of your sales cadence? You can trigger them to auto-populate when the deal moves to the next stage, or you can trigger them to update on a time basis. Now, here's the cool part. Again, ActiveCampaign is an automation platform, and not only that, but ActiveCampaign uses ActiveCampaign to automate processes and workflows, and we've done so for years. From marketing, to sales, to customer support and service, from internal onboarding, to billing, to project management. When I started at ActiveCampaign, I was on the sales team. I was a sales development representative, or SDR, and every day I would come into work, I'd pull up the Active Campaign CRM, and boom, I'd have a whole bunch of new deals that had been created while I was at home and asleep, and a list of new tasks for existing deals that were already in my pipeline. How? Process automation. When someone starts a trial on Active Campaign's website, the information is pulled into a deal. Now, depending on this new trial's location, that deal is routed to the appropriate SDR team. Maybe they're in Sydney, or maybe it goes to our European team in Dublin, or maybe it goes to Brazil, or maybe it stays here in Chicago or elsewhere in the United States. Then, this deal is distributed to a particular SDR based on round-robin distribution. It lands in someone's pipeline, and a task is created for that SDR to call and email that person. Now, when the tasks are marked complete and then moved to the next touch point, another task gets created. So think about all the time that this saves. Think about all the human error that this avoids by auto-populating follow-up tasks, making sure that nobody falls through the cracks. Nobody has to do anything for new sales opportunities to appear in front of ActiveCampaign's SDRs. Manual distribution of new deals would be a logistical nightmare. You'd have to check for new deals. Then you'd have to find them, see where they're from, and assign them one by one, making sure that you didn't skip someone or give an SDR too many deals and another too few. Not only that, but with the automations running instantly, we're able to contact new leads within minutes of them creating a trial. Now, there are automations beyond that. They distribute qualified deals to account executives. They move them from an SDR's pipeline to that corresponding rep. There are automations that move deals that have closed as one to our sales leadership team so that they can be validated. And all of these automations are, again, specific to the active campaign sales process. They've been identified and implemented by following the tips that we outlined earlier. These automations don't just exist for our benefit either. They help, certainly. But by letting the robots work for us, we're able to provide a better customer experience. The sales team can contact new trials faster. They have all the information that they need right there in front of them, and it creates a smooth handoff throughout the sales process. Now, similar automations are available for you in the Active Campaign marketplace. These are automation recipes, what we call them, or frameworks that you can use and tailor to your business. So let's take a look at a couple of these. I've already seen this one. All right. Move deal to the next stage when a task is completed. Automate your sales process. If you couple this with automations that auto-populate your deals with follow-up tasks, you'll never let a deal fall through the cracks. What about notify when a sales deal has not closed? Help yourself out by knowing when a deal didn't close when you thought it would. This helps you get better at forecasting. It also makes sure that you follow up with your potential customers. And this next one, 
create a deal from a form submission. So when somebody submits a form, this automation creates a deal, assigns it to a deal owner, creates a follow-up task, and then notifies the deal owner that, hey, you've got a new opportunity here. What about if you have multiple sales team members? Assign deals evenly to them with the evenly assigned leads to deal owners. This is that round robin approach. Why would you do this manually when you can let the robots work for you? Now here's the kicker. These automation recipes don't just exist for sales. There are hundreds of automation recipes, literally hundreds, for all different areas of your business, all different types of processes and workflows. Take a look at this one. This is a freelance project management automation recipe. This automation uses the inquiry to create a deal, sort it, tag it, update it with the information without you having to do anything. So head over to activecampaign.com marketplace and you can start looking for automation frameworks that work to automate the tasks that you don't want to do anymore. You'll learn more about the automation builder. You'll see what's possible with the power of workflow automation. Now again, there are hundreds of these and if we had an entire week together, I'm not sure that we could get through all of them in the marketplace, which brings us to our final point. And for that, I'm gonna turn it over to Colleen. I know you don't make many of them, but do you, are there any mistakes that you've kind of made or that you learned from maybe in the early days or, or even recently? Um, anything that's kind of like an aha moment that happened for you? Um, I think, I, I think a lot about my support experience and I think um, there are a few things probably I would, I would give tips on. I have never personally made a mistake in my entire life, but <laughs> <laughs> that's how I become a successful marketer. Um, speaking from working with a lot of our customers, I would say you don't need to start from scratch on anything. We've got a million, we have literally a million free tools, recipes, we have onboarding, we have a success team you do not need to start from scratch. There are whatever your marketing need is either look on our website or Google it. And somebody has already kind of come up with a good way to do it that you can tailor for your audience. So I would say, don't, you don't need to waste time building things from scratch. You just don't. Um, the other thing is I would not wait until you are completely in the weeds and completely frustrated with trying to figure something out before asking for help. Mm. Um, I find that happens. Um, I found that happen a lot in the support arena, but that also happens sometimes when maybe uh, someone comes into the marketing team and they're confused about something, and our process maybe isn't you know abundantly clear. Um, I would I would say it's always okay um, to get help sooner for something than to wait until you're about to have a meltdown. Um, <laughs> So maybe that's more of a 2020 tip. Just ask for help when you need it. Well, there you have it. As Colleen said, whatever your marketing need is or whatever that process is that you have that needs automating, chances are there's someone who's had a similar need or has looked into automating that process. You're not alone. And you can use existing automation recipes and resources to help you figure out where to start or to give you a framework which you can then tailor to your unique business. Now the key is getting the appropriate understanding of your processes and needs before you go about automating them. Think about volume. Which processes happen a lot? Are they standardized? Are they repeatable? Where do you find yourself taking information from over here and putting it over there? Where do you find yourself checking your email or your information source for an update or an approval from someone? These are likely areas that could use a bit of workflow automation. So, Break out that flowchart or your pen and paper or 
write it all out piece by piece from start to finish. How does it work? Where can it be more efficient? Where are all the manual tasks? Even automating a simple step, a simple individual step in a process can save you hours if it's a task that you have to do all the time or a task that takes you a long time to do. Start small. Automate a step at a time. Have an idea of where you're going to build before you start building. And if you get stuck, again, ask. The more you explore your automation builders, the more you explore your own processes, the better you're going to become at automating those workflows. You'll be amazed at how quickly you'll start to learn and start to find more and more places where you can save time and increase your efficiency. This leads to more reliable processes, more accurate and timely information, and an overall better experience for you, for your teammates, and for your customers. Now, thank you all for watching today's episode. Thank you to Colleen Bow for sitting down with us and talking about process automation and for honestly automating so many of the processes here on the back end at Active Campaign. Thank you for your time today. You'll join us again in two weeks on January 20th as we turn our attention to lead scoring, which is a form of workflow automation. I'm Ernie. This is Plantasia. This has been Growth Decoded. Until next time, go forth and automate. Thanks for listening to Growth Decoded to Go. For the latest updates on Growth Decoded and links to the live show, you can sign up to be a part of the Grow team at activecampaign.com slash events slash growth hyphen decoded.